Okay, I'm looking forward to part three of our communication series here on working on life skills. So part one, we went over nonverbal skills. Part two, we went over minimal encouragers and the first level of speaking and how we're going to talk. I really encourage you, if you haven't done that yet, to review part one and part two. They're really critical parts of communication. The real critical thing in communication, as we mentioned in our last couple series, was to understand first and be understood second. So I can't emphasize this enough. We're going to underline that. Understand first and be understood second. Part of the Part of the issue here is, as we understand first, is that for somebody, when we're having a conversation, if the person that we're talking with, and look, I, I understand before we start with this, when we're having a conversation, a lot of times it can be potentially adversarial. Uh, and by this, I mean, I'm taking it out of us being an instructor or us being a teacher, or us being somebody that might be a boss in a, in a work situation, but just two people talking. With two, it's two people talking and we're peers. It might be something where we both are talking about something where we have, maybe have a disagreement, or we're trying to get our point across. And when two people are trying to get our point across, we've got two different points, and we want to get, I want to get my point across, you want to get your point across. And what happens is, somebody's got to decide that they're going to listen. And when, we, when we're intelligent people, which you guys, if you're listening to this, we're going to make the assumption are, because all of our people that, work with, that we work with are all intelligent, we're going, to, we're going to think that we understand when people have verbal communication, that we understand what they're saying. But remember, nonverbal communication and the tone and intonation make up most of what communication is. We talked about that in our first series. And what understand first means is delete this. If this is me and this is you, delete this attempt to try to get my point across. Just don't try to get my point across until this point is heard. Now, it, this is very difficult. This is probably the most important or the most difficult thing that we could do is put our point of view aside. And when we know, and this is difficult because we know that the other person is not doing that at the same time. It's almost like uh, we feel, well, it is like very frequently we feel like it's unfair. Well, it's unfair. You know, I'm, this should be a balanced and equitable situation that that we want to make sure that our points getting heard at the same time as the other person's points getting heard. That's the problem. And the only way I can say this that makes some sense is we've kind of got to be the adult about this. Our martial arts students and you guys as black belts have to be the, I don't want to say the, this sounding like a superior situation, but the better person in a communication situation. You're getting more training right now. You're getting more uh, advanced skills in this seminar that we're doing here in our video. So we have to make a decision. If we really want this to work, and that's what understand first means, is that we're going to put ourself aside for a minute because we have this skill, and we're going to get rid of we're going to erase this 
where we're going to get understood. We're just going to understand them first. And what happens is something that feels kind of magical. It really isn't magical. But once we get heard, or once they get understood, then we can be understood. And that is what's important about part three of communication. The third part really is what we say. And I'm going to list some things that we can say that help facilitate communication before we even have a conversation. But I would, I don't want to bring up too many things about what's going on in the world right now, because our, this seminar is supposed to be designed to be work, to work, uh, you know, universally, we might be playing this video in a couple of years, but right now, and even over time, there might be protests in the world where one group might be protesting and other groups protesting back or communicating back. What's happening is, is everybody wants to get their point heard at the same time. And if I want my point heard and you want your point heard at the same time, it just can't work. This kind of back and forth never works. So that's what we're trying to accomplish here is there's person one and person two, and somebody's got to make a decision. Somebody's got to make a decision that I'm going to not get heard for a little bit. Again, that's the hardest part. So if you can be the, as black belts, we would expect you to be the stronger person. It doesn't mean that it's fair, but you end up winning in the end because after this person's hurt and you make sure, it doesn't mean you have to agree with them. That's very important. You don't have to agree with this person's point of view. We use minimal encouragers. We use the skills that we learned in the last couple sessions. Um, and we make sure that they're hurt. We use reflecting and paraphrasing. They understand. Now this person can be open to hearing what we're gonna say. And then afterwards, we can be understood. And that doesn't mean that this person has the same skills that you have. They didn't take the other two classes. They didn't take the other two seminars that we did. They didn't uh, necessarily, they may still be upset, but, or they may still have their point of view. This is, this is the way life works. You may not end up having the, the uh, uh, you may, it may not be balanced in terms of skill level when you're communicating with somebody. You may be more skilled. That's, that's all we can do is get our skill level up. So that's what understand first and be understood second means is take some time, understand that if you're both trying to be heard at the same time, nothing's going to get done. We have to make, we have to put ourselves aside for a moment so that we can make sure that we get heard afterwards. And that's because we have more confidence and we have more skills and we have the ability to do that. Okay. So that's part of our part three training today is understand that this is gotta be, we gotta accept that that doesn't mean that it's fair. Now, I wanna emphasize, that doesn't mean we have to agree with them. That doesn't mean we have to do whatever they say. It doesn't mean that we have to um, comply with their wishes. It just means that we need to make sure that they're hurt and then we can come to some kind of agreement. Sometimes when we, they get hurt, that's the end of the conversation. Sometimes people just want to be heard and then their their problem solved. Sometimes when we hear what's going on, it gives us a new perspective. So that's part one. 
of our part three section today. The next part is, and it comes right from our book. If you look at level three in our life skill book, what we're using in our martial arts classes and what is, and this is verbal communication. And remember our pyramid of communication was nonverbal and then tone. And this represented most of communication. The last part, which we think is most of what we say, but it only represents a small part of what matters is verbal. And today I wanted to emphasize the skills that we talk about in our martial arts classes that make a big difference verbally, but you may not be using them in everyday life. One of those is, yes, sir, or ma'am. Yes or no, sir, yes or no, ma'am. Um, this is something that if you use this in habit, I use it every time I, if I'm in a restaurant, somebody's asking me for my order, um, if I'm uh, uh, buying something at the store, if I'm on the phone, maybe I'm trying to solve a problem with, uh, with, uh, with a company that I'm doing business with, I, I say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. What is the result of this? You know, sometimes people think, well, that puts you in a subservient position. Actually, what it's doing is showing respect towards another person ahead of time. They haven't necessarily earned respect. I may not even know them. In fact, if, if I'm dealing with a company, I'm calling them to buy something. I haven't met the person that I'm, on, that I'm on the phone with. But if you show respect towards other people, then their response is going to be what? Is it going to be that they feel superior to you or is it going to be that they're going to show you respect back? Probably the latter. So using yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, that's one of the reasons we use it in our martial arts classes. It's for you to get training. And for parents that are listening to this, this is a good way for you to role model this for your kids. I say yes, sir, and yes, sir, to my son. And he says yes, sir, back to me. Not all the time, but when we're in uh, many situations. So we can start developing the habit of using these kind of skills. So what other kinds of things? Now in our book, what we, what our, what our um, ideal situation when you come to class, we have a chart. We're going to write some different ways that we use some of the skills in class. Um, some things that I like to say is, is use different phrases that, um, are, that are different from what you normally hear. So when somebody says, um, how are you feeling? A lot of people say, great. I like to change that word into something different. So using different words, instead of using great all the time, I say, fantastic, awesome, excellent, amazing. Using different words with people helps them hear you better because you're not using the same systematic word every single time. Also, so using different words. This is as another variation is look for words that you're using repeatedly. So I tend to use the word, um, or in the past I've used the word um, like, so I use the word like, 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 like in, in common phrases, or I had a friend that used the word and so on and so forth. Every sentence he said the word, he'd say some kind of sentence is hard to replicate, but he'd say, well, you know, I went to the store and so on and so forth. It drove me nuts. So look for phrases and words that you're using in common vocab in your common vocabulary and see if you can kind of pay attention to those. If you pay attention to those, you start getting rid of those common phrases that really don't mean anything. My friend that said, and so on and so forth, it, 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 was, it, was, a, it was wasted 
words inside of his terminology. And it kind of made me not hear the rest of what he said. So if you have wasted words, they just don't need to be used. The word very, a lot of times doesn't need to be used. Well, I was, uh, I went to the, I was very unhappy. You could just say I was unhappy. The, the very doesn't really change the word, uh, change the phrase much at all. So one of my professors in school used to say that the word very just should be stripped from the English language. I'm not sure that's an, that's a, a totally accurate, but you don't necessarily need to use those words all the time. And then you can be a better communicator. Some other verbal skills uh, when you're communicating with people, I wanted to read right from the book so that you can use it as a reference is I statements instead of uh, you statements. So when you're talking to people, we would, I would prefer it or it works more better. Or you're more effective. If you say, well, I feel like we're having trouble communicating instead of, well, you didn't explain that well to me. Those, that's a completely different thing that I'm taking responsibility for what's going on, or at least for what I'm feeling like is, is a problem. So these are skills that, again, you can refer to the book and get more detail in it. And then our classes will be practicing how to work through these skills. And if you practice these kind of skills when you're not in, a, uh, in an adversarial conversation, it's very difficult to practice it if you're mad at somebody to try to practice these kind of skills. It almost never works to go to try to remember, I need to use an I statement instead of a you statement when you're in the middle of a fight or in your middle of an argument. You, you can't do it. But if you're practicing it when you're in a, in a class, in our classes, we do a tiny bit of it so that we can practice it over years and years and years as you become a first degree, second degree, third degree black belt, then you can get better. Now, for instructors, we have some of these skills. For instructors, the verbal skills that we use are also um, let me erase some of these so we have some room. Some of the skills that we use are the way to re we refer to people. So the way we refer to people, if you notice in our classes, whether you're three years old or 50 years old, we're going to say your proper name. So we're going to say Mr. Jones or Mr. Smith. We see Mr. or Miss. So we use proper names. We use Mr. or Miss. Or for masters, once you become a master, you use master all the time. So we don't use first names unless it's just, unless there's two Mr. Joneses or Mr. Smiths in a class, then we'll use first names as well. Mr. Mr. Sally Jones or Mr. Uh, uh, you know, uh, well, that would be, would be Miss Sally Jones probably. Um, and we to designate two different people in class. So we use these Mr. or Miss. Now, why do we do that? Because it in, in our culture, that shows another level of respect. So I would also encourage you in the rest of the world, in the environment that you're in, to encourage for parents, their kids, to use Mr. and Miss. Um, I see some schools that, that they call their uh, teachers, and, and again, whatever your school's doing is fine, but if it was me, I wouldn't have schools call their teachers Miss Sally or Miss, Miss, um, uh, Miss Bob, Mr. Bob, because it's not quite as a high level of respect for the person that should have a really high level of respect. We want teachers in our society to be respected as high, as high level professionals. And we fight a lot of times in political areas about whether they should be respected and whether they should be paid well. Yet when we talk to teachers or we talk to um, people that work in education, we don't 
give them proper titles like we would for somebody that was a doctor. When it's a doctor, we always call them Dr. Smith or Dr. Jones. But yet when they're a teacher, I believe they should have the same kind of titling. We use that same kind of titling for all of our students. So these are ways, so for our part three, these are ways that we speak to other people in our verbal conversation so that we can make sure that we are proactively showing respect out to the rest of the environment, the rest of, pe the rest of our population, the rest of everybody that we talk to, so that we can then have better results for us. Um, it's better for us to be respectful to other people for sure, but even if you're 100% selfish, this would end up giving you better results for, for you. Okay, all right, hopefully that was great for everybody and that was beneficial. Uh, we're gonna be coming back for part four later and I hope you have a good um, experience in your classes in the next few weeks. Please always give us feedback in our classes and I look forward to seeing you next time.